welcome back everyone to After the Checkers with Kyle Hall. I am Kyle Hall and folks, we have a absolute legend on the show tonight. Um, it came up, uh, this guy came up in, in conversation after one of the shows. Anybody that's been on the shows knows there's a long conversation that happens after we're done recording. And one of my guests said that this guy inspired him to be a race car driver and and I was like, how have I not reached out to him and had him on the phone or on the show? Scott Dan season on the dang after the checker show. I am, I am, uh, I don't get fanboy very often, Scott, but I am absolute fanboy excited to have you on the show. Welcome to after the checkers. Thanks, Kyle. Happy to be here. Uh, I'm excited. So, um, so for those that maybe don't know, uh, if you're, if, if they're, if they're new to racing in maybe the last decade or so, maybe they don't know who, why I'm so excited that Scott Dan season is on my show uh, because you haven't been around much, like a little bit here and there, kind of a couple, five years ago, you would race a couple races, but take us back to the very beginning. Like when did you start racing and when, you know, what classes was that and that kind of a thing? Uh, I started racing modifieds in 1991 and we, uh, we raced Viking Speedway primarily, but we did go to Wee Town, which is up by Fergus, yeah. which is, that's, that's not existent anymore either. <laughs> no, well, it's, there's a, there's but, a, I know you're not on Facebook, but there's a huge, I shouldn't say huge. There is a pretty apt, uh, there's a, there's a Facebook page for Wee Town, the Wee Town Outlaw Speedway. And, uh, and people, people make posts on it all the time. And so, because there's, uh, because it's, it's sad that it's not there anymore, I guess. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think a lot of people wonder if it's real, like if is, is we town, was there really a speedway and are the pictures that people take of it now, are those real? Indeed there was, and they are. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's real. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Cause it seems like one of those things that somebody would have made up. And, and when you see pictures of it today, it looks not real. I mean, it doesn't look like that could have been erased. Like it, it just doesn't look real. And so it's, it's one of those things that people wonder about. I haven't been by it for a while, but I know it was underwater for a long time. Yeah. So under a lot of, I don't water. know if it still is. I think yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, and so did you start off in modifieds? Like, is that where you began your career? I did. Okay, yep. well, that's uh, that's jumping into the deep end right there, isn't it? Uh, yeah, kinda. <laughs> and so in '91, so who who was the guy to beat in '91? And I guess I should well, ask. Al- I, I I should. How old are you, Scott? If I can ask. I'm 49 now. Okay, so you would have been like 17, 18 years old, I suppose. Then, yeah. 17 yeah okay okay and so who was who were the guys that you looked up to and and like if you beat that guy at alex speedway then then you've or i guess viking speedway you've done something oh ryan music dave stork and scott hillig were pretty tough and ron jones would come around once in a while he was pretty much the man to beat anywhere but yeah anywhere i guess i guess those three are were pretty much top of the heap when I started. Sure. And so did you, because I didn't, um, not to go into my story, but at that point in my racing 
uh, fandom in my in my racing, what I considered to be a fan of racing. I certainly was. I had a a, a brother that like he had he had found out he was dying of cancer, and his literal bucket list death wish was to dirt track race. And that was the summer of 1988. And then he ended up passing away right at the end of the season in 1988. And, and I did like racing was my brother's thing. I loved racing, but it, it felt weird being at a racetrack without my brother. I was only 15 or 16 years old when that happened. Um, and so it, it came time for me, you know, I, I just, I went and did other things. And so at the time your career is starting, I, I wasn't around and I got in follow racing very much for another decade later, probably. And so when you came into the, into racing, were you, were you kind of dominant right off the, uh, right off the, the kick or were you, was there some learning to be done? And, and when did, when did Scott Dan season become a household name back then? Um, well, back then racing didn't start till like Memorial day <laughs> and we did win a feature in July in Alec that year. That's pretty cool. So that's two, then, two months uh, into your was, career. KSAX used to put a big race on and they'd have the the news out there and interview the winner. And I, uh, it was a 30 lapper and I think I led 28 or 29 laps and then Ron Jones got by me, but that was, that was the fourth night I was in the car. Wow. So you're, so there's just yeah. a, it's just in you. Like there's just a natural talent in you that it wasn't something that needed to be learned or whatever. If you're, if you're, if, if you re I mean, people who don't know Ron Jones, like if you, like Ron Jones was the Shane Zabraski before there was a Shane Zabraski kind of thing. Like he just won all the time yep. in, in yep. anything that he got in on any track. It didn't, he wasn't a long track Viking speedway guy or a, a Princeton short little like he was in everything like didn't matter where he went he won I wish you could have seen the look on his face when I took my helmet off because <laughs> you were a little kid I suppose yeah 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 <laughs> he, he was he was surprised well that's good like that's a that's how you earn respect from a guy like that and and if you mm -hmm. if you can earn respect from a guy like that that's everything but yeah I mean within the racing community for sure I've always gotten along good with Ron. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um the so so is there like how long did you race on a weekly? Was that most of your career, the, the first 20, 30 years kind of thing? Was that 2007 would have been the last year we raced weekly? Okay. And then so after that, because for those that maybe go on and look at my race pass and look up your name or go back and with soda points and that sort of stuff there it's you're, you're not a legend in my mind because, because you won, you know, eight national championships and you won 30 races a year. I, I did you ever do that kind of stuff? Did you ever run at that level? Uh, I know I've maybe 25 shows would be the most I ever ran in a year. Yeah. Yeah. So not but 25 wins, the end, 25 shows. Yeah. Complete. Yeah. Yes. I know. Um, I believe the last weekend I raced would have been the Wasota 100 of 19. And I think Shane got his 600th win at the 100. And I was thinking about that on my way home. 
I haven't raced 600 times. <laughs> and he has 600 feature wins. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I, I, have, I don't have that many shows. Yeah. I think it's uh, just so you know, because I know you you don't follow racing super close anymore. Um, I, I think it's 824 right now is what is what the Iron Man has under his belt. And so I, I actually um, I was sent. A, I don't know if it's real or not, but a Halloween costume and it was Shane Sebraski and it came with a little fire suit and it said one of his 850 trophies and yeah. it was pretty cool. I had a picture of Shane on it. And, yeah, that was, uh, it that was, was funny. Just this past year. I think a, a whole bunch of people there was a whole bunch of those like you know referee and flag man and and uh tech guy there was a whole bunch of those that went around it was pretty funny i, I sent it to shane he said where did you get this <laughs> <laughs> that is uh there's a whole bunch of those that were pretty funny but they so so why the change is they why why go from the weekly you know 2025 shows where it's where you're putting the grind in to because the last 10 years at least of your career that I can see anyways it might be nine or ten shows that that might be a pretty big year for you right yep that was about right yeah and so why why the change um this like uh it was a lot more fun to go to different racetracks and race different people and you don't get so caught up in the the uh drama what you want to call it but when you yeah the drama of being at a track every time there's a race there and like there's all kinds of stuff going on at these other tracks but you're you're not aware of it because you've never been there before because you've never been there and yeah it's yeah i don't know i enjoyed that and i met so many people that are so nice and you know had good races with all the big names in the sport and it, it was that was i had a lot more fun doing that and i you know i'd rather go to a special where there's 50 modifieds there and get third than you know go win up two or three weekly shows on a weekend i i wanted to race the best and see where we stacked up right yeah that's it's that's it's fun to hear a driver say that because there's this day and age there's i mean there like you said 25 shows a year there's guys that do that a month and and do it from April, May, June, July, August, September, into October. And, and mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's crazy the schedule that guys put in um, to, to get to that national champion. I mean, you, it's, you, you better have, you know, 75 shows so that you have 30 great shows that count in order for that national championship kind of thing. And it's, so you're, it's, it's kind of, I can't imagine the hours those people put in, which I, I always had a great crew that came with me to the races, but all, all the work during the week was pretty much done by me. So sure. Yep. I, I would have had to kill myself to try to race that much. <laughs> exactly. I wonder how people, I mean, you still have to have a job. You're like, your mortgage doesn't care that you're a great race car driver, your grocery bill, your gas bill, you still have to have a no. sponsors do a lot. Uh, but you still have to go to work and your car still has to get maintenance and you got to change oil and you got to grind tires and you got to straighten tin and all of that kind of stuff has still got to get done. Right, right. And so it's, it's amazing. The, like you said, and the, that, yeah. The car prep thing. I was unbelievably meticulous with 
like when the car went to the track, everything was ready. You know, several sets of tires, all kinds of setups wrote down. Like we were ready. Ready. Or I go. didn't go. Right. Yeah. It's so let's talk about a couple of those races. I when before we hit record here, I was I was asking you what what the stuff behind you there is. And uh just just to as we're looking at you right now, just to to our right, your left, I think is the um and maybe it's backwards it might be your right as well um is your mighty axe you got you won the mighty axe i was fortunate enough to be the announcer during that race and um it's it's one of the highlights of my announcing career is you scott dan season came to north central speedway when i was announcing there and i got to announce that race and i remember my son being next to me and i'm like it's freaking scott dan season and so it that was, I don't know. It was, it, you, you, you provided a highlight for a, a, you know, a middle-aged announcer guy that shouldn't have been nearly as excited as he was for that exact moment right there. Um, but I was, I was very excited about it. You're, you, I, I was too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I led about 50 feet. Well, and in that's, fact, I, I was watching this, I was watching the scoreboard going into the corner seeing if it changed from seven to five, but. You're, yeah, we just, got yeah, to see if you were still ahead, kind of thing. Well, yeah, because yeah, uh, Ricky Jay had led the whole thing, and I just got him on the last corner. Yeah, that's and that so that makes it pretty dang awesome. And then you won another axe, you said as well, uh, mm-hmm. racing side by side with Shane Sabraski, is who we just talked about. Right. Yeah, Shane and I, I think that was just a twenty lap race, and I think we were beside each other for eighteen laps, and there was no yellows. We were going through lappers that were racing each other and we're still beside each other. That's there's afterwards, you know, when it kind of calmed down, Shane and I were talking and I had never met his dad and uh, Shane's dad come up to him and said, Shane, you should have cut him off. You could have won another ax. And Shane said, well, dad, you know, I really couldn't do that because there's a few times he had me clear and he left me room. So, and then he, Shane's dad turned and looked at me and I reached out my hand and I said, Hey Tom, I'm Scott Danzies. And, <laughs> and Shane and I busted out laughing and, and like Tom's he didn't like, know oh, it was oh, you. Geez. Tommy didn't oh, that know was it a big, was you. No, he didn't know it was me. Ah, nope. I see. That's funny. No, that's funny. Yeah. It was kind of funny. That is funny. Ah, that's funny. Uh, so it's my point in telling you that is, I think drivers sometimes wonder, did I make an impact? Did my career in a car matter? That kind of thing. I think your career in particular, because of the way you drove, um, because of the way your car looked and just the, the, the way you carried yourself, you were always a super popular driver. I think at every single track, um, Going back through your, you know, there's a, a Scott that you personally don't have a Facebook, but there is a Scott Dan season racing, um, hasn't been updated in a minute or two, uh, I don't know, four years, but, um, it's, there's a, there's a whole long presentation that Ron Krogh did when I would imagine is maybe one of your last races at Viking Speedway. They, they, there was a big honor given to you that night and, I don't know if you're into those kinds of things, but I, you seem a little bit humble and maybe a, a tiny little bit shy that those kinds of things aren't necessarily your jam. Uh, but it, it, you, you, you made a huge impact on a lot of people. 
I do a lot better with my helmet on when people can't see me. <laughs> I think there's yeah, a lot that, of drivers like that. That uh, that thing in Alec was the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, uh, yeah. Crazy. I was standing beside Ron Krogh and Don Dominey were talking and somebody else had the mic. So I was just listening to those two guys and I completely lost what was going on because I was having so much fun listening to them too and laugh and oh those guys are a riot yeah they for really sure. are legendary voices on microphones for mm -hmm. sure so some mm -hmm. ron is somebody that i we we talk and text a little bit and uh he's somebody that i definitely want i pattern the way i announced after him and my preparation and that sort of stuff there's nobody that does it better than ron for sure so yeah okay so a couple more questions is what what led to the to the I'm done racing like the the full retirement I'm not going to do the money races I'm not going to run four or five times a year I'm just not going to run anymore what what led to that decision um just a lot of rule changes and my dad's health was declining rapidly and you know um all my crew guys, like they got older and their kids got older and they, you know, everybody gets busier as you get older and just kind of dwindled down to me just doing not, all the work yeah. to the car and me doing all the work at the track too. Yeah, no, that, and but, it, it sort of takes some of the fun out of it for sure. Racing is very much a buddy sport or a family sport. Yeah. And, and if you're, if you're out there doing it all alone, well, that's, that's less fun. Well, it's like, I think a big part of my success when we were really running well, um, you know, like I said, when, when the car left the shop, it, we were ready. So when we got to the track, I, I watched the track all the time. And then I'd just run back and say, all right, you know, move this or change this. And then yeah. I'd run back up to the track, which I think is a huge part, especially when you're going to different tracks that you're not used to. And you, you got to be up there watching it change, you know? Yep, for sure. And See, I, seeing what other that was a huge doing. part. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So, um, a couple. So I I work with a guy that races, and I always I I almost every single uh, Tuesday when we're recording this, I go back and I say, hey, this is my guest. You know what? What would your question be? And he said, if you could go back and change one thing over the over the course of your career, whether it be, you know, run a different brand of chassis, a different engine combo um run for national points what whatever it is if there's one thing that you would have changed about your racing career what what would it have been i i wish i would have ventured off to the you know running all over the place instead of weekly earlier because okay we got so much better when we started doing that like you know seeing different track conditions and configurations and lengths and racing different people. And we, we really improved a lot when like we started running speed around. wise and setup wise and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. That's interesting the, the next year at the, the, like 2008, I think we raced Alec four times and we won every time we were there. It's just, we got so much better. And then to go back to something you're familiar with, you know, we were just, we were really ready it's for way it. better. Yeah. And you attribute that to just racing a higher caliber of driver. 
that and just like you after you race at a place for 20 years you just kind of fall into a rut of well this is what i did last time ah uh, sure you know? instead of you know when you're at a track you've never been for to you gotta stay sharp and you know yeah that's how we picked up on a lot of small things that improve the car sure and and when we got back to something that we were familiar with you we were really you were, good you were willing to make changes then because it wasn't just the same old same old kind of a thing yes yeah exactly makes, that makes perfect sense so um his other question for you and this is you're in a unique position because you raced you raced over a 30 year period of, well more than 30 year period of time and are drivers better today or then or is equipment better today or then and i i'll i'll give you my answer first because he and i had this great discussion and i'm like it's hands down equipment like think about the equipment in 1991 and think about the equipment today like it today you you would better be a freaking engineer to set up the suspension and the travel and and the way that the rear end moves and that sort of stuff in 1991 there was probably leaf springs underneath the rear of your car and and it's hands down equipment and he goes so you don't think drivers are better today and i'm like I don't know. Like I it, like the the for sure equipment is better. I don't know if a driver is better then or today. If you take the best driver today and the best driver back then and put them in equal equipment, who's better? I, it's hard. You can't really compare, right? Well, no, because the best driver way back in the day was used to driving the older. We had to have stock rear suspension until ninety yeah. eight. I think they went to open rear suspension. So, you know, and then like everything progresses as the rules will allow, you know, which now there's so many rules that pretty much everybody's got the same stuff and the same tires and right. the same combination. So it's kind of a numbers drawing contest now. As far as the drivers, I, you know, there's talented drivers way back before I started and there'll be talented drivers way after I'm gone, you right. know, there's, yep, for sure. there's always talent. Yep, for sure. I always, it's, it's just talent based on today's technology kind of a thing. You know, I, I, I look at Kyle Larson and I think, man, there, is there anybody more talented, but then you go back just one, one hop and you look at Kyle Bush and you're like, the guy can jump in anything and he's going to win. And then you go back one jump from him and you look at Jeff Gordon and one jump back from him is Dale Earnhardt and one back jump from him is Richard Petty. And so which one of those is the best? It, you can't, I don't think you can compare the two, you know, or, or any of that right. kind of thing. And so it's, uh, it's, it is what it is today. And, and you look at what, who's best today kind of a thing. So, um, so what does Scott Dan season do on a, on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night in the middle of summertime today? The same stuff normal people do, whatever you want. <laughs> Exactly. Go fishing. Do nothing. Do Mow nothing. my lawn. Yeah. 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 No, I, I actually, I've gotten into um, fishing quite a bit. Dad okay. dad and I used to fish a lot. Nice. Or not not as much as I wish we did, but as much as we could. As much as you could, for sure. So mm -hmm. um, you told me this the other day when we were talking on the phone is, and may, people, 
people have asked on this show, what is the secret to retiring? Because race car drivers, it's, it's, um, you, you can leave it and it always kind of pulls you back in. It's, it's like being an addict to, to alcohol or drugs or whatever it is kind of a thing that it, you can go, okay, enough. And you draw a line in the sand and you go away from it. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to watch it on TV or I'm going to like, I haven't been to Alex in forever. And I bet there's a lot of boys down there that, you know, I'm going to go say hi to the boys. And, and then all of a sudden the next week you spend 50 grand and you got a new car and you're racing again. And so you, you told me something, how many races have you been to since your last race? Zero. Zero. I haven't been to the track. Not once. That's crazy to me. Like it's, it's probably the only way that you can stay retired. Uh, But it's, that's cold Turkey, man. There isn't a race car patch that you can put on your arm that gives you a little bit of race car when you need it. Like how, like that's so nuts. Uh, you know, we did it so hard for so long. I, I don't feel like I really have anything left to prove. And uh, I don't know. I do. I do miss all the guys at the track and, and I haven't seen any of them since I quit racing. That's the only time I seen them. Right. You know, I, I miss all my friends. I mean, we have contact information we talk and whatnot, but yeah, I haven't seen any of those guys for four years. Long time, long time. Yeah. So, Okay, so we do this thing on the show called the YourMTH.com Rapid Fire Questions. And what it is, is um, I'm sure you're familiar enough with with people going on today. One of the major sponsors, major supporters is a a guy by the name of Mike Jordette. He owns a a car place, um, several, I think, five different locations now. Um, Minnesota Truck Headquarters, the main main location is in St. Cloud, um, and there's a website that's yourmth.com. All of the inventory for all five stores is on there and they've got great specials. They've got amazing customized vehicles, whether it's cars or trucks or, or SUVs, all this really, really cool stuff. And so um, if you're watching this, go give them a shot at earning your business uh, and thank them for their support of this show. Um, so where what this is, Scott, is five questions. They're kind of rapid fire questions um, that may or may not have to do with racing. Uh, and yours, very little of it has to do with racing. And so question number one of the yourmth.com rapid fire questions is if you could live anywhere, money's no object, doesn't matter. If you could live anywhere on the planet, where would you live? Right here. Yeah, that's my answer too. So yeah, you're from Herman, Minnesota, right? Yep. Which is uh, just by the sheer nature of the the name Herman, that's a small town. Oh yeah. Yeah. 400 people. What is, what is the big town by you? Like where, when you go grocery shopping, where, what town do you go to? Morris is 20 miles south. Alec is 40 miles east. Okay. So that's gives, gives people an idea of where you're at geographically. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, I love the fact that you're I'm just a small town boy and I don't want to live anywhere. If you won the Powerball today, uh-huh. you can stay home. When I have to go to the cities or something, I couldn't deal with all those people. Oh, I am right there with you. I, I never take so my keys out of anything. I don't lock anything, me which neither. I probably shouldn't that advertise, is, but <laughs> that is me as well. 
Um, so something that you do now that you didn't do when you were Scott Dan season number five modified driver. Fish. Fish. I suppose you never went. I didn't fish, fish in the summer. I didn't fish in the summertime for 30 years. Didn't know that the water didn't didn't even know there wasn't ice on the lake year round, right? Oh no! Uh, before we started racing, Dad had a real nice boat, and we fished a lot. But that, that got sold your... when we before we got the race car. <laughs> yeah, I bet you. I bet you. Uh, what food makes it feel like summertime? This is I. This is a specific question to you, because again we just talked about it for 30 years summer was at a racetrack and so mm -hmm. is it is it a, a greasy hamburger from the concession stand or you know pit fries or is it like a what is what is summertime food to scott dan season well i haven't been to cedar lake in a while but they used to have the best cheeseburgers at the cedar lake speedway with the white cheese on them oh they were really good yeah that's and that screams summer to you Yep. I love it. That's perfect. Uh, question number four of the yourmth.com rapid fire questions is what would the title of Scott Dan Season's book be? When you wrote a book about Scott Dan Season, an autobiography, what's the title of that book? I think it would be misunderstood. Oh, that is interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. When we started racing all over the place, I met so many people that they would say, geez, everyone told us you were not a very nice person and all that stuff. And I was like, really? But, I, you know, like we did so well in Alec for so long. There was a lot of haters. Oh, yeah. And if, people, if you're winning a lot, you're probably before. not liked. Yeah, if you win nine championships in a row, they get a little disgruntled about that yeah yeah that's uh that's jeff gordon who is that's what he's my favorite nascar driver um yeah he was mine too he said one time in a and it was in a commercial and it was like a uh commercial for whatever network was was broadcasting the things and it was all about drama and he said drama is when 50 percent of the grandstands loves you and 50% of the grandstands hates you. And I thought that is when you start winning a lot, like when you're, when you're the cute, cuddly up and coming, everybody loves you like, Oh man, yeah, get, get him, get him. Yep. And, and they're cheering for the guy that gets his first win. And then by the time mm -hmm. you've got Shane Sobraski, for example, has is, is for those of us that know Shane Sobraski, he's literally one of the nicest people you're ever going to meet. He's 830 Absolutely. wins in and still pretty damn humble about having 830 wins. And, yep. and, and when you talk to people that have never met him, Oh, he's an asshole. He's just a rich kid that just gets everything handed to him and blah, blah. He doesn't work. And you just drive it, it. None of that is true. And no, and their so, whole crew is awesome. Yeah. And so, they're, yeah, all of them, they're all good people misunderstood that is a that's a pretty good title to a book i think so um okay question number five tends to be a little a little deeper a little more philosophical question and so question number five would be what causes are important to you meaning when when the boy scouts come around or someone's doing a a, a cancer benefit or 
military benefit, whatever, what causes are important to Scott Dan season? Uh, anytime we, little kids that have ailments or whatever, that's, I don't know how those people could be a, at a children's hospital where you see, you know, that would be, that would break my heart to have to do that every day, yeah. I guess. I don't yeah. know. I, I spent a good amount of time. I have a daughter who has, who's, was born in a children's hospital, got to spend a, okay. a, a fair amount of time in one. And, uh, and you're right. There's a lot of, it's, it's an amazing, um, I don't know what the right word. I'm at a loss for it. It's, it's, um, there's amazing happiness there and devastating sadness all at the same time. And it's, it's, uh, it's a phenomenal place to be if you have to be there. And it's, uh, if you don't have to be there, it's a place you'd rather avoid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So that is the your MTH rapid fire dot. Uh, I got that all screwed up. Didn't I your MTH.com rapid fire questions, five questions, uh, for Scott Dan seasons. And the last section here is the rascal aluminum pay it forward question. And so what this is, Scott, is as my last guest is going to ask you a question, and then you get to ask my next guest a question. Um, and it's all brought to you by, by Rascal Aluminum, which is, uh, now you haven't built a car in a, in a while, uh, but there's, they're, they're in a, a fairly new year and a half, two-year-old aluminum uh, distributor. Um, you can find them on Facebook. And uh, this question that's coming up here it might prompt you to look them up and maybe buy some aluminum from them. And so um, the question comes from a fan. Like this show, I have to explain why I had a fan on the show. So this show, Scott, because you're not on Facebook, I know you've never seen the show before. And this show is all about the personalities that have to do around racing. It's retired drivers, it's current drivers, it's flagmans, promoters, and fans. And I got called out on that last one because I had never had a guy that just sits in the grandstands and watches racing. And I, I've always said it's about the fans and I'd never had one on the show. And this guy called me out on it. So this he's from Southern Minnesota, goes to the races all the time and uh, is just a super fan of dirt track racing. And his question for you is what would it take to get you back in a car turning laps? Somebody else would have to own it. <laughs> well, there's that's hey, there's people that do that, just so you know. So mm -hmm. so it is not a hundred percent off the table that you would throw a helmet and a fire suit on and go make some laps somewhere. Depends on the situation, I suppose. Well, I'm gonna uh I'm gonna publish your phone number on this video then, Scott. And we're no, I'm not really <laughs> We're going to find somebody that's got a car sitting around and we're going to get you in a big money race somewhere and, uh, and see if you'd said that, you know, the, the first couple of weeks of your, of your career, you, you, you know, held off Ron Jones for 29 of a 30 lap race. Let's see if, if, uh, if it really is like riding a bike, if you could get back in the car and go out and, and hustle yourself a top 10 in, in today's equipment, that would be I got to tell you, there'd be a lot of people that were really excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not afraid of it. Somebody needs to give Scott Dancy's. So I'm not going to publish his number, but you all can get a hold of me. If there's somebody that wants 
him in one of their cars, you give me a call on the phone and I will, I will get you in touch with Scott. And if, oh, this is this, I hope this happens. I hope my phone rings the moment this video comes out. That would be so exciting, but okay. So uh, the pay it forward question, the nature of that is, is that you get to ask my next guest a question. And my next guest is a guy that has been in at least three different classes. He started off when I remember him racing. First off, he was in a B mod. Um, he moved up to a modified and, and was very good in a modified and has now moved up to a late model and was rookie of the year this year in a late model um, in all of Wasoda. His name is Danny Vang. Do you remember? Do you remember racing against Danny? Yep. Number 47, right? Number 47. Exactly right. Yep. Still is yep. number 47. Um, another guy, a lot like yourself, that when the car leaves the house, it's perfect. Otherwise, it doesn't leave the house. Um, mm -hmm. And and his uh, so Danny is an actual engineer. Uh, and okay. and so his like where, where the decking on the car and then there would be like a, a roll bar tubing going through the deck. He like mics that like puts a feeler gauge in to make sure that the, the spacing is exactly the same all the way around that roll bar as it goes through the deck. He's just crazy meticulous about preparation of that car. Um, he's the guy that when there's a, a two day show, all of the body panels come off the, like there might not be a wrinkle in it, but somebody rubbed up and there's a little piece of rubber, you know, like the little donut that everybody just, ah, whatever, leave it there. He takes that off and scrubs that rubber off of the car to make sure that it's beautiful. Yeah. Every I know a guy. <laughs> well, see, that's where I know a guy did the same perfect. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, what would your, what would your pay it forward question be for Danny? Does he have more fun driving the late model or the modified? Uh, that's a good question. Mod or late model, which is more fun. Did you ever, did you ever jump in someone else's late model? I did. Yeah. And so what, what would your answer be? I actually drove Sean Kerwin's late model at King of the Dirt in Fergus in 2011, maybe. Like you raced it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I got third. Nice. I got third. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've asked that question from guys that have transitioned from one to the other. Cause there's, there's almost every single late model driver has gone from modified to late model at some point kind of a thing. And almost everybody says the late model is easier to drive. Not necessarily like, I don't know about more fun, but certainly easier to drive because you got great big steamroller tires and, and, you know, the whole thing flexes, so it's easier to turn and it's way faster and more responsive. And yeah, they have, they have unbelievable brakes. Yes. And brakes, know, that's the other thing. I, uh, when I raced Sean's car at King of the Dirt, that was Thursday night. And then Friday night, I raced my mod there and they dropped the green in the heat race. And I railed her off into one and i was i had both feet on the brakes like whoa why am i stopping this yeah. doesn't stop as quick <laughs> but yeah you know they're they're really not that much lighter than a modified but when you're out there racing them they, they feel like nothing they yeah. they feel way lighter yeah but they're huge it's like driving a morton building <laughs> it is well that's yeah there's 
there's in lots and lots of downforce and, and uh, it's, it's one of the few, not that air doesn't matter on a modified, but it matters. Oh, it way, it way, matters way more on a late model. And, and I did, um, I did, uh, I drove Jeff Wildung's car a couple of times too. Yeah. That was fun. They would be so, so maybe that's your new career is, is running late models. We could get you out of those open wheels and put you, put you some fenders on there and go, Someone's got a spare car that's sitting around that would love to have a legend in their race car. That would be, I would be pretty excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Don Shaw. Don, if you're watching this, he, I know that dude's got a lot of cars laying around. That track is just down the road. You're really familiar with it. And, and they just happen to run a lot of really big races there. So that's, uh, (laughs) so maybe just three or four times a year, you can jump in, dump in Don's spare late model and, and, uh, would you would you run a different number like your number five? You you were number five throughout your career. Would you would you run a a forty two D? I I drove a super stock for the Nelsons from Alec, and that was number sixty six. So there you go. Yeah. So number doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Nice. Perfect. Different color. Exactly. Yep. So well, very good, Scott. I I appreciate you taking some time and rushing home from work and and uh, and going way out of your comfort zone and, and learning a new technology. You'd never been on a zoom call before you did fantastic. Nope. And so yeah, thank uh, you. I, I really, really appreciate you being on and, and uh, I, I really hope to, uh, to get to meet you in person, but that's going to mean yeah, that you have to come sure. to a racetrack, Scott. Or you can go fishing with me. I could do that. I'm in on that for sure. I would drive yeah. over there to go fishing with you for damn sure. So Awesome. Okay. We we might make a date out of that. That would be pretty fun. So awesome. Everyone, that is Scott Dan Seasons, the legend Scott Dan Season on After the Checkers. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate it.